Hi, my name's Jude and I'm a 35-year-old widower navigating life after my wife Vic died of breast cancer in April 2021. She was 42. This podcast documents what I've learned about well-being. I run, cycle, play sports and do yoga. I also have a screen addiction, go to bed at 2am and still don't know what I want to be when I grow up. Life is hard, especially when there's a monkey in the driving seat. But I have learned that if you feed him the right stuff, comb his hair in the morning and stroke him when he's sad, occasionally he will get you to the right destination. The monkey chamber is a sanctuary where we discuss grief, depression, addiction and procrastination. Also simple concepts such as happiness, fulfilment and the meaning of life. We'll cover all the fun stuff here. This podcast tells real stories without filters. Thanks for tuning in. Look after your monkey and have a nice life. Hi guys. Um, before I get cracking on this podcast episode, um, I just I've just had to add this in here. I've um, only just launched episode one uh, four or five days ago, probably. Um, and I really have just been, <clears throat> excuse me, that's not me getting emotional, that's just coughing on some um, dry biscuits I've eaten, but it, I am actually quite emotional about this, I've just, um, I've really been overwhelmed by the level of um, support I've had, uh, the number of messages I've had, a few a few of them, you know, pri- um, publicly on, um, on, Facebook, on Facebook and whatnot, and quite a lot of, um, you know, emails or direct messages or phone calls from from a varying sort of <clears throat> range of people from from some people really close to me you know family members um members of um Vic's family but also people I don't know that well you know some people from work um people I've only come across once or twice and just the the real kind of outpouring of support and people sharing their own personal messages it's all been quite a lot and um yeah just um Thank you so much. <laughs> Honestly, it means a lot. And um, <laughs> yeah, I'll stop. <laughs> I'll stop loving now, and um, hopefully, you can enjoy this episode. But I just really wanted to add this in here and then just um, say thank you, thank you, thank you so much. It's really motivated me to carry on doing these. Um, yeah, that will do. Something which I think is going to underpin this whole podcast is honesty. And by that I mean being honest with myself about things which I really, if I really look deeply, probably haven't been. And it's a theme which I think a lot of the people who I follow on social media or YouTube or um, the podcast that I've just started listening to, the thing which links all of these people who really talk from the heart and inspire and connect with people is that they're absolutely genuine people. They say what they really think and whether that makes them look good or bad, um, they're just 100% honest. The, the people I'm thinking of are Stephen Bartlett, whose Diary of a CEO podcast I've just started listening to, which is absolutely fantastic and I've got to admit is one of the huge inspirations for starting this myself. Russell Brand also, he's not afraid to um, be himself and I think 
I'm always I'm always um, reluctant to mention his name because he's got such a reputation that precedes him. But I think anyone who's watched his sort of later year work, when sort of from when he did the Trues onwards, would be amazed if they were thinking of sort of the young Russell Brand on MTV and um, the comedian Russell Brand. He's really not like that anymore. His um, his addictive personality has led him to you know self awareness and enlightenment and um yoga and just being a kind good guy really um he's very wise he talks to a lot of people he's still you know a hyperactive kid at heart but um he's just absolutely one of the most genuine people you'll ever come across the 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 kind of sincerity he talks with and the openness he'll admit things about himself you know to to millions of people on his channel and it just really makes you connect with him um there was uh, Joe Wicks was in, uh, interviewed the other day on the CEO podcast, and again the the overriding theme was just his absolute genuine authenticity. Um, and like I said at the start of this segment, the thing that I think I need to do, I really want to be open and honest because that will be a kind of key to unlock part of myself as well. I think sometimes I won't admit to myself that I want to do something, I want to achieve something, or. Um, I'm struggling with something. I'll tell myself um, a narrative which is more comfortable, which is easier to accept, which I can tell other people, which seems to be the correct thing to think or the thing to want. It's a really simple thing that I want to do. I want to convert the spare room in my flat at the moment, which basically has a spare bed bought for about £40 from a, you know some kind of flat pack company. It's got a couple of broken parts to it already. Um, and just a load of junk in there. There's a bookshelf which is bowing and needs some care and attention. I can probably fix that. There's a big chest which has a load of old models and various things that I can basically clear out. Uh, I think my brother said he wants loads of them anyway, so that's fine. I can clear that out. And then just old posters and you know things from I don't know when I was at uni and just general bric-a-brac, which is just serving me no purpose whatsoever. It's the kind of stuff which collects in there, and you think, oh, I better keep that. I might need it one day and five years later it's still in there I haven't touched it I don't miss it I don't even know it exists what I really want to do is if I'm dreaming big I want to turn it into a sanctuary slash studio where I can go to record these these um, sort of sessions I'll call them um, a place where I don't know there's I can play some nice music I might move my yoga mat into there uh, I might even have you know two yoga mats one where I go in there to do it if I'm feeling in that way inclined um and I just want it to be almost like a recording studio as well for this where I'll, I'll have a proper place to go for what is essentially a, th- a little therapy session for myself it takes me away from the room which I spend most of my waking hours in which is my living room slash kitchen where I also now work from home um at what is my dining room table one day I'll convert that to, I'll replace that with a proper desk, but at the moment it's my dining room table, which is a lovely old table. Uh, I really like it, I'm quite attached to it, so I don't really want to replace it, is the truth. But um, yeah, so this spare room, it's daunting. I look at it and there's a lot of junk in there to move out. I look at it and it's a lot of hours of work and it's like everything that I don't want to do. It. I look at all of the reasons why not to do it, all of the time that it's going to take. I know that as soon as I start it, it'll start small. It'll start with chucking away the rubbish, you know, picking things up that can literally go in the bin, and that will be 20% of it. Then I'll hoover around a little bit. Then I'll tidy some things away into other drawers. There'll be five or six things that I give away to someone else or move to just to, just to another room for now just to get them out of the way. 
Um, and then there'll be a few harsh decisions about, do I actually need this thing? Can I chuck it away? Can I take it to a charity shop? Can I sell it? You know, make five or 10 pounds from something that I don't want that someone else might make use of. And it's a very daunting project. And I was looking at it this evening, just before I had a nice relaxing bath a minute ago, and I thought, I don't know whether I want to do it or not. It's, it's challenging. I don't feel like I've got time for it, even though I'll now sit and watch YouTube videos for two hours or listen to a podcast. And there's no reason why I can't listen to a podcast while doing some work. I, I always have this impression that after I've done my working day, I'll do some kind of activity. I went for a run this evening, which is great. And then I need to relax in speech marks. Um, I feel like I'm, I've got this aversion to doing more what I consider work, again, speech marks in my free time, whereas actually I'll do the washing up, I'll clean the bath, I'll clean the floor, I'll hoover the floor. Um, and I feel really good after doing those things. They're mindful activities. I feel like the place is spruced up. Once I've done it, I can think more clearly. It's a nice place to be in. And I think if I can do that for that room, it's going to be a really positive step. And I've, I've consciously decided to record this and tell you guys as well. It's a minor thing. It's an absolutely minor thing. But it's admitting the absolute truth, which is that I want to do this. And it's a bit of a test. I want to see what obstacles I face. I think admitting to myself that there's something I want to do and being really truthful about it, being absolutely, I do want to do this. It's not sort of, oh, I might do it one day or I'll get round to it, I'll do this. I want to do this and I want to achieve it within the next couple of weeks. That was the absolute dream. I might get put off, I might, you know, things might come up where I can't do it, but I'd like to do it. And by recording this now, I'm kind of setting a, a marker that, just a little test for myself, see if I can do that. Um, I might come back in two weeks and say, that's absolutely fine, I didn't achieve it, let's do it next month or whatever. But I think by saying it out loud and admitting to myself, yes, I do want to do this, I think that's um, kind of in line with the the truth that I want to portray outwardly and inwardly to myself as well. So there we go. And that leads me on to um, another one of the people I forgot to mention a minute ago who I follow avidly now on all channels, um, who's Jordan Peterson. He's an interesting guy because some things he says, I'm not sure I agree with. He's not one of those people who I just think, oh, he his word is gospel. There's things that he says about women's rights or LGBT issues that I'm, I understand his arguments. He's an incredible public speaker and argues his points very well to, to the point where I would never be able to argue with him. He would defeat me within five seconds. Um, I, th I think very occasionally he comes, acro comes across as patronising or, or I think his, um, his take on it is, uh, is coming from the opinion of a privileged white male and therefore you, sometimes I would steer clear of the issues he talks about. All of that said, most of what he says is absolute genius. He says it how it is. Um, the, the piece he did about um, sitting on your bed at night and asking yourself, what one thing would I like to change about? Um, or what one thing should I be doing that I'm not doing right now? And that will tell you a lot about yourself is just absolutely genius. But the one that I want to focus on right now, which the, the spare room um, has just reminded me of, is the concept of tidying your room. And it's a really, 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 really simple concept. At heart, it is that you have 
the power to curate exactly how you want your room. And we're talking about just one room within your, your flat, your house, your mansion, wherever you live. The room that you sleep in, the room that you wake up in every day, everything in there is in there from your design. There's nothing in there which, you know, unless you, you know, share your room with someone else, obviously. Even then, it's a, it's a conjoined idea, isn't it? Everything in there, you've decided to put in there. You've put your bed in a certain place. You've got a bedside table. You haven't. You've got a lamp or not. You've got space to put a book on the bedside table. You might have a glass of water by the, by the bed. You might have it completely empty. You might have it cluttered with things. And if that room is in a state of chaos, you will wake up in a state of chaos. You will not be able to think clearly. You will not be able to find things. You set yourself up. The absolute foundations of your waking day are already grumbling by the first minute. You get up and you can't find a clean pair of socks. You put on odd socks. You can't find a clean shirt because the one that you wore last night is folded on the floor and has a stain on it. Um, you're then late to work. You're rushing, you're stressed. Compare that to a nice clean room where all those things are nicely put away, they're ordered. Um, and this is not my bedroom. I'm not describing this as if I've achieved it. My bedroom is somewhere in between the two. It's reasonably tidy at the moment, and it's also got a wardrobe, a chest of drawers, um, space under the bed, and a bedside table absolutely full of clutter that can be thrown out. There's, there's things that I've not worn in 10 years that for some reason I've still kept. Um, I struggle to find a clean T-shirt. I struggle to find a pair of shorts to go running in amongst all of this clutter but it's okay at the moment it's not bad I feel like I'm halfway there but it's just such a simple concept it's the same as in the living room here if I hoover and wash the floor um, clear up the washing up wipe down the surfaces in the kitchen and dust and hoover around the workstation where I do my work um, give the plants some water open the windows maybe switch a light on if it's a bit dull, suddenly everything's just a lot easier. Everything is in its place. There's no external factors that are making me stressed. I can find a pen when I need to write something down when someone phones me and gives me a phone number. All of those very simple things are just made so much easier. And it is, a, it is such a small concept, but one that I'd like to share with you. And you've probably heard it from the man himself, but as I say, Jordan Peterson's idea about just tidying your room and it's and it's also he, he he went on to say that people who are i don't know say eco warriors who are you know campaigning about something or people who are criticizing governments or big businesses or whatnot lots of the time and this is where he gets a bit controversial and 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 probably why he garners so much attention on things like youtube because the comment sections just go wild lots of support and then people talking against him and everything and he's a controversial figure but I think it's because he just says his truth. He doesn't. He doesn't deviate. He doesn't say things to make himself popular. But you know, he'll say that people who are outwardly criticizing and trying to take down governments and everything, lots of the time, they need to come back to their own life and say, actually, have you got your have you got your shit sorted? Have you is your are your relationships good? Are your friendships good? Are your um, are you peaceful and clear in your own mind? Are you succeeding where you want to succeed? Are you doing the exercise you want to do, are you eating properly, are you sleeping well and everything. And if that's the case, then I truly believe that the way you'll influence the world is by emanating that and people around you will see that and you will be a positive person, you'll be proactive and you will 
Um, Tim Minchin is another great um, hero of mine and his concept of, uh, I think it was the university address that he gave in, I assume Melbourne University, I think he went to. I think it's in that, if you look it up on YouTube, where one of his sort of 10 rules for life was be pro things or be for things. Don't be against things. Don't be a troll. Obviously, no one believes they're an internet troll, but lots of people will be, and I probably have been. Everyone has been at what at some point, and some people continue to be and base their daily lives around just criticising others, saying that's no good, that's rubbish, this person shouldn't be in a job, this footballer should be sacked, this is rubbish, and, and it should be like this and everything. And and I think that goes along with the, the point that Jordan Peterson was making about kind of getting your own stuff in order and being goal-driven, having having a project that you're working towards. And this is my project at the moment, and I really want to put a lot of time and effort into that. Again, it's another thing that I I think I have admitted to myself, I want this to succeed. And whether that's getting 10 readers or listeners, um, I think it will succeed if it's good for me and if I, if I continue with it and build it and just set myself little goals and monitor my progress into certain things like my exercise or my diet or my sleeping, um, my relationships, my work life, all of those things, I think then you're in a position to change things. Then you're in a position to enact positive change in the world, whether that's just to your friends and family, whether that is changing the way the world is run by multinational governments. Um, I think the way you do those things is by leading by example and being a positive, proactive person, not by constantly bickering at other people online, with other people online, or or constantly saying how bad everyone else is and how they shouldn't do this and they shouldn't do that. In the vein of being absolutely honest and truthful, something which I started questioning um, maybe the last probably year or so, um, which obviously coincides with Vic dying last um, April. I've always been happy with my own company, in my own company. Um, my group of friends has probably shrunk gradually over the years. I've not felt the need particularly to go out and be a sociable person, and I don't put a huge amount of value on having friends. I think um, I understand people who gain a lot from being popular and they get a real sense of self-worth from people liking them and I, I don't knock that whatsoever that's not there's nothing wrong with that at all I just it's not I don't think it's how I how sort of what makes me tick um obviously there's a certain value to um sort of being loved and and liked and you know I'm a, I'm a human being after all but it's not it's not a huge concern of mine and I've always thought that uh, I'm good in my own company. I can entertain myself. I've never particularly been good at staying in touch with friends when I've gone away, say, to university. Um, I could probably count on one hand the number of times I phoned home to speak to parents each term. Um, there'd be the odd email and something, but I didn't um, put a load of effort into staying in touch with people. I'm quite uh, quite bad, really, at <laughs> staying in touch and um, sort of maintaining friendships really there's there's friends where I might not speak to them for five even ten years and then we'll we'll meet again randomly or 
you know some birthday or wedding or something will happen and we'll just connect again and and off we go again but it's um it's something that I've always considered that's just me and that's how I am and then when Vic died I started to feel lonely I started to feel very isolated I felt like a lot of my I shared secrets with her I shared my wants and desires and I spoke to her just on a daily basis whether it was actually speaking to her on the phone or just via whatsapp or messenger you know this is what I'm up to this is what I'm doing this is what I'm feeling about this and she would share some things back about you know who was annoying her and and what she was feeling or she was worried about her next scan results or just general life stuff you know it wasn't all about cancer it was it was there was some real life stuff that went on as well but it was all got you know it all gets a bit mixed up but the the biggest thing I've noticed I think is that now she's gone I just had this and I didn't realize it at first I didn't I didn't notice it for what it was really I just felt very 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 alone um to the point where I was really, and I, I did, I was aware of this, and this is why I sought some counselling around sort of Christmas time. Is that I just was really finding it hard to motivate myself to to carry on with these things that I would. I started doing a lot of good things: running, yoga, cycling, more sport, including golf and badminton, and and having a nice routine, and which I'll go into in much more detail in another segment or another episode. But I was doing those things and then I was really struggling to kind of push on and, and make some bigger changes or at least have an idea of what I wanted to do. I was just really feeling that I was alone and what was the point? Not not you know, not to an extreme kind of suicidal level, but just just lacking motivation, just lacking a, a reason um to want to get better. What's the point in self improvement if it's just for yourself? Which sounds strange, but I think it makes sense. I'm sure it does. Um so yeah, I started to question, you know, a lot of things about myself that I've always had these assumptions, and I kind of look at it and think, is that actually true? So the assumption was, I like my own company, I like being on my own, and this was exacerbated by COVID as well, where there was an enforced um, solitude with with lockdowns and various measures like that, and you know, I'd connect with people on Teams chats, we did quizzes every week with friends and. I do online gaming and things like that and it was it was great and I thought this is fine this is really suiting me I'm not a sociable person anyway I don't really seek that or really need that to feel good about myself which is true to an extent but not having someone to sort of share life with and 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 share my innermost thoughts and everything was was suddenly a huge chasm in my life and a huge a really scary thing a really worrying thing and what I did with it is and this is this is me being 100% honest here and it's uncomfortable to admit to myself and to admit to people listening is a very very quickly I would say within possibly two months and that sounds ridiculously quick but I was I immediately um, signed up for online dating it was started off as a as a as a thought about oh I guess I could do this now I guess I'm finally free in a way not that I would I'd felt tied down in terms of wanting to to start a relationship with something else someone else while Vic was around at all but it was um my life was had been on pause for five years essentially um I couldn't really 
think about changing jobs or moving away or obviously starting a new relationship or anything like that because I was in this state of sort of limbo really where we knew Vic was going to die but we didn't know when so we couldn't really plan anything more than a couple of months ahead. We did lots of um, sort of short breaks away but it was always somewhere within an hour or two of drive to get back in case suddenly something happened. We couldn't really go abroad. Um living situation changed again i'll go into that in a in a different episode i imagine but um and it, like i say it wasn't like i was pining you know it wasn't you know vic would say sometimes oh like i bet you can't wait to she'd sort of joke you know i'd started running and stuff and she sort of said oh you're getting yourself in shape for a new girlfriend and it, it was probably that was probably one of her fears and and we did talk a little bit about that and again i'll probably touch on that separately but what what I think happened, it was a very much a rebound type situation. I think I can completely empathise with people who are in a medium to long term long um, term relationship. Who then that 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 ends, and for whom that ends, and then um, there's this gaping hole in your life where you've had someone to be close to physically, emotionally, um, someone to support you, someone to really form form a bond with. And suddenly that person's gone, and like I say, I'm, I'm, I don't like to admit it, but I, I, the thought was, oh, I guess I could do this now. I wonder how these apps work. I kind of looked them up, and then obviously what happens is you download it, and then you, once you download it, oh, I guess I might as well set up a profile. I might as well start skimming through pictures on Tinder. I might as well message someone and see how it works. You know, do they message back? Oh, look, I did get a message back, and within probably two days, um, I've set up about four different accounts, maybe even six different accounts on different apps. I'm trying to work out which of the free ones are actually any good and which ones are just a load of spam bots. And it turned out there was about four that I kept on with and then trimmed it down to about two in the end. Um, Tinder and Hinge were the only decent ones, really. The rest, I wouldn't say, are worth your time. If anyone is out there using these, that's the two I'd recommend. But um, so, yeah, um, because of this real sense of loneliness, um, yeah, uh, it's not nice to admit it, but I kind of, I wanted to fill that gap. Um, and I won't go into huge detail. It's, you know, I don't need to do that, but it was, so I did, you know, I met other people and um, had some very varying experiences. Some, you know, lots of chats didn't go anywhere. Well, I'll go into online dating um, as a widower in another episode, I think, but I, I just wanted to mention that in, in terms of the theme of loneliness, I think that it feels like admitting weakness, um, but I don't think there's anything wrong with it. I don't think there's anything wrong with realising that as a human, we're meant to connect with people and whether that's with lots of people in group situations, whether that's friendships, whether that's romantic relationships, whether that's colleagues, I've I've had a, a very hard shell around myself, I think, where I've deliberately pushed people away and deliberately made my world a lot smaller. Um, I'm sure there's a Hey Jude song in there about that uh, somewhere. A hey, sorry, <laughs> a song, a lyric in the song Hey Jude by the Beatles. I mucked that one up. Um, but yeah, I'd really, not deliberately, but just to make my life a lot easier, shrunk away from connecting with people. Um Again, I think I'll talk separately about the mental gymnastics I've gone through to avoid talking about what's happened, avoid bringing up um, 
my personal circumstances to 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 protect other people as well as myself from um from sort of conversations that are a little bit awkward at parties and work do's and things but I've realized that no one can um can find true kind of happiness or fulfillment on their own really I don't think we're built to be like that I don't think as an animal all this which is all we are really I don't think you can survive like that I think you can live but it's not a real existence it's um it's just going through the motions there's not really much joy in it there's not much satisfaction and um yeah so I think I've just realized the the real value of connecting with people and whether that is romantically or just in your in your day to day you know close friendships and and um yeah it's um it's a difficult one i think to to admit and think about but it's um it's it's one of those um truths about myself that i was so sure about that i've started to question and then really looked at and i'm still looking at it now even when i'm i'm talking about this now i'm sort of i'm not 100% sure what i feel about it or what what the impact is but i think it's definitely something which it was probably a misconception in my own mind about myself and um yeah i'm starting to question it and starting to realize i didn't have it all quite worked out i thought that um i kind of knew myself and knew how i lived and how many people i needed near me and everything and maybe that's i was slightly off with that Thank you again so much for tuning in. It really does mean a lot. I've really, really enjoyed recording these first couple of episodes. It's been really good for me. Hopefully it's been valuable for you. Um, I wanted to just to say, I hope it hasn't been too down in the dumps. I hope it hasn't been too sad and depressing and heavy. I really want to strike that balance between sad things that have happened to me and probably happened to you guys but also the positivity that can come out of that. I think through challenging times, we really can learn a lot about ourselves and also learn to cherish the good moments in life and how to find them. And sometimes it's a struggle, but it can be all the more sweet. I think, um, you know, in Eastern culture, yin and yang is a really strong concept. It's something that I've never really looked into that much, but I'm definitely getting a feeling of it these days where without the darkness you can't experience the lightness um there's, there's a million different ways of saying it but i'm sure you get the gist so i'm going to make a real conscious effort to add uplifting elements into this as well it doesn't all have to be doom and gloom we're going to talk about difficult concepts we're going to talk about sadness we're going to talk about death we're going to talk about grief and depression and anxiety and difficult things but it doesn't have to all be sad so um here's to so maybe more uplifting episodes in the future. Um, hopefully you'll stick with me and tune in for them. Uh, so again, thanks very much. I'll speak to you soon. Mm-hmm.